Hello and welcome to the Chemistry Made Simple podcast. I'm your host Matthew Macario and this is the podcast where you get chemistry confident and we take you from point A to grade A. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're well and that you're having a good relaxing period and perhaps getting a bit of study done as well. So in this episode, I wanted to talk about a topic that I frequently get asked about and that's optical isomerism. So getting to the nitty gritty, I'm going to be talking about what are optical isomers and enantiomers, what is optical isomerism, what causes it within the structure of molecules, what is chirality and what is optical activity. Firstly, what is optical isomerism and isomers? Well, optical isomerism is a type of stereoisomerism, and that means that the isomers have the same structural formula as each other, but there is a different spatial arrangement of those bonds relative to each other. So this most commonly happens in organic compounds, where there is a carbon atom that has four single bonds, and those four single bonds are bonded to four different groups or atoms. And in that scenario, there's actually two different ways that these four bonds can be f- configured around that carbon. And that means there are two isomers that we call enantiomers because these are the optical isomers. So to get a better picture in your mind's eye of this, imagine your left and right hand are the two enantiomers of a substance. Hopefully both hands have the same fingers attached. And when you bring your hands together and however you rotate either of them, you're not able to completely superimpose your hands. You can't make one look exactly like the other. In fact, they remain effectively a mirror image of each other. No matter what you do, they will be the opposite image of each other. And that handedness of the enantiomers is known as chirality. Chiral comes from a Greek word meaning hand, so that's why handedness is given this word chirality. And the carbon that has the four different groups attached to it is called the chiral carbon and is sometimes referred to as a chiral centre and you may also hear it referred to as the asymmetric carbon. And that chiral carbon is sometimes indicated in a structure by marking it with an asterisk by that carbon. And you might see that when you're looking at structures in textbooks in an exam question or you might be asked to draw a structure and include an asterisk or add an asterisk to an existing structure in order to indicate where you understand the chiral centre, the chiral carbon to be. Okay, now we understand what enantiomers are and what optical isomerism is, let's consider the differences in properties between the two enantiomers. Well, the physical and chemical properties of the enantiomers are identical, with one key exception, and that exception is optical activity. The optical activity of the enantiomer is its property that causes the plane of light waves to be rotated clockwise or anticlockwise in relation to their starting point. One enantiomer will have the property of turning the plane of light in one direction, clockwise, say, And the opposite enantiomer will have a similar powered property, but will rotate the plane in the opposite direction, anti-clockwise, if the first one was clockwise. How do we observe that change? Well, to observe that change, we need to use plane polarised light and some specialised equipment. That will enable us to see the turn of the plane of plane polarised light. So let's go back one step and talk about what is plane polarised light. Well, light waves from any light source will have a random plane 
of their waves relative to each other. Whether it be sunlight or an electric light or whatever it is that we're using, the light waves emitted will have planes of random distribution. And if we were to just shine that light through a sample, we wouldn't be able to observe if it's changed because all the light's random to start with. So we pass that light through a filter, just like a, a very sophisticated pair of sunglasses. It has very narrow parallel slits that allow light only of one plane to pass through. And on the opposite side of that filter, assuming we're not allowing light to pass around the filter, there's only light waves with plane in the same plane as each other, all parallel to each other. And that is plane polarised light. It's gone through a polarizer. And we know what that plane is because we set up the filter, we positioned that filter. Now, if that plane polarised light is now passed through a sample containing an enantiomer, the plane of that light can be observed at the other side and we can see whether the plane has been turned clockwise or anticlockwise or not at all. One enantiomer of a substance will rotate the light in one direction and an equivalent sample of the opposite enantiomer will rotate the light to the same degrees but in the opposite direction. So we can make those measurements, we can make that observation. If the sample happens to be an equal mixture of both enantiomers, we will not observe any change in the plane of the light. We will call that optically inactive. And also samples that do not contain enantiomers will also be optically inactive and will not turn the plane of light. And finally, I just wanted to mention that it's quite common for organic compounds to display optical isomerism and to have chiral centres. You will have come across examples. Almost every amino acid has a chiral centre. And there are many more examples in natural compounds and also in man-made organic compounds too of compounds that can display optical activity. Okay, that brings us to the end of this episode, this topic. If you have any quick questions on this, please do feel free to contact me over on Instagram at Chemistry Made Simple. I also wanted to say thank you so much, patrons, for the support you give through patreon.com. And I really appreciate that you enable the podcast to continue with your various support. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you found it useful. And if you have had value from it, do consider visiting our Patreon community at patreon.com slash chemistrymadesimple, where you'll be able to ask deeper questions about this topic and get more support for your studies too. So I look forward to speaking to you again in the next episode, and until then, do look after yourself and goodbye.